This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. We are living in a time where our future is uncertain, which means youth voice is as important as ever. Kia ora, join me, Leo, on Operation Rakatahi on ORFM's Youth Zone, 105.4 FM, 1575 AM or online at oar.org.nz or download the Youth Zone app on Google Play or the Apple App Store. I'm on the air every second Tuesday at 4pm. Kia ora and welcome to Operation Rakatahi with Leo. So, this is the first show recorded virtually since probably May, June-ish 2020 and it's a very different vibe and it's the first time I'm recording it virtually on my own because last time I had Esther over Zoom coordinating so I feel like this time it's easier because A, got experience and B, not having to coordinate with someone else over Zoom and recording that for a show. So, I don't know, it'll be very interesting. So it's quite a, um, it's been a roller coaster of the last week. So hope everyone's safe in their bubbles and um, making, make sure you're, you're keeping yourself, you're keeping a healthy well-being in this crazy time and you ever leave the house mask up last last lockdown we didn't really have the use of masks unless you were going on buses and we didn't really politicize masks use until the regional lockdowns that happened later for like Auckland and Wellington um when they had their small located outbreaks so the first time around it was we didn't like the rest of the world unlike the rest of the world we didn't really use masks so it's actually good this time that we are and the Delta variant is a stronger variant and we should probably step our game up from last time because we're dealing with a very different beast of um, COVID-19 and it's, yeah, it's just like, yeah. So, um, and it sucks that all of our plans for the next wee while are scuppered by that, but I guess that's part of what being the team of 5 million does for us and listening to Jacinda Ardern, Chris Hipkins and Ashley Bloomfield. So, yeah, and if, you get, if you're if you eligible for a vaccine, book it, or if you get the text to go do it, go get your vaccine because it helps save lives at, well, and it helps reduce the risk of spread doesn't necessarily stop it, but it is it reduces the harm that COVID nineteen can do in the community, and it makes you and it could potentially make you immune. So we don't need, but like they help save lives, and yes, not yeah. So just go get your vaccines and mask up if you need to leave the house and. Don't bro- don't pop your bubbles. So, yeah, let's get on with the show. So today I'm going to be talking about two different topics. So I'm going to change up the format a little bit so it's easier in editing because recording it in different chunks this time. So it's not live, just sit in the studio, go, and then just press stop when I want to have a song break. So it's a whole different beast um, of recording. So I'm sitting at my desk at home. So yeah and so yeah it's all pre-recorded from 
the day or two before on some of the show might be recorded um the morning of it going to air so it's going to be recorded in chunks so this part of the show is i'm going to start by talking about because i've had lots of con- like recently i'm i'm after the song break which will be in about 10 or 15 minutes i'll be talking about the chaos that's going on in afghanistan because also we don't really want to dwell on the whole covid and delta stuff too much which i feel like everyone's talking about it enough and kind of we had this chaos going on in afghanistan that i think should be addressed and it kind of moved away from being front page news to becoming back burner because delta just took over and so no one's i don't feel like anyone's talking about it as much and i was i really respected the moment that jessandra didn't stopped like when she finished her speech about the extension earlier this week to before she opened question to the other to the journalist there to make an update about it because honestly this is probably outside of election time I feel like whenever there's a lockdown this is the time people are most politically active so it was good to have she took a slice of that air time to address it so i'll be talking about that after the song break and everything that's been going on because it's really huge and you know it's chaotic but for now i will be talking about the term queer and it has got it has been reclaimed and it has got many different meanings and it does have a troublesome history because it was originally used as a derogatory term towards the lgbtq plus community and it was specifically used towards gay men it it was used for people outside but predominantly it was used towards gay men um so but it is a term now that is being used as a blanket term to embrace the entire lgbtqi plus community and often you hear people refer to it as the rainbow community or the queer community but i'm going to start by talking about because i've had lots of conversations with my friends and family and other people in my circles about the term because it's had it, it it's not it's nothing new to reclaim it now like it's been reclaimed since the 70s like it's nothing new and it's got it's a it, it's a heavy term and it is really poignant especially for the older lgbtqa qa q lgbtq plus community and so i'm going to address some of that because it's actually a loaded term and there's so many questions being going thrown about it and i end up having explanationary and I, i ended up on a journey of research trying to work out and unpack the term because everyone has questions about it and like people either get praise for reclaiming it or some people get criticized for reclaiming it and actually it's on the person on how they use it and it depends on which way they use it and why it's which changes its meaning from person to person so i'm going to start by giving a brief origin explanation of the term queer so originally um historians believe that the term queer was first used in in um in scotland in the 16th century as a part of they had these poetic insult battles and if you 
done any research on Shakespeare, I'm sure you've come across these insult battles and they've got weird and wacky terms. But queer, funnily enough, was one of those weird poetic insult terms. And it was originally in 16th century Scotland, a term to accuse the person you're telling the insult to, the receiver of your insult, it was a way to accuse someone of perversion. So it isn't really the greatest places for a word in its origins to begin with, but this is what is being said about the term, which starts its more poignant, crazy um, beginnings. And it's, yeah, and it, it first... And then it originally started being used as a homophobic slur towards the queer community in the 1890s. So, and it did have other synonyms. It was a synonym for other things in that time up until the 1920s. It was often used to describe someone as crooked or weird. And, it, and the, the term, the use of it for perversion did carry through in small elements but then around post the 1920s, it was kind of solidified as a, a term, a derogatory term to use against gay men and to to discriminate against them. So, yeah. So it was originally reclaimed during the 1970s as a part of the um, gay liberation movement that happened all over the world. Some people like to call it the Stonewall era because infamously in New York City, the Stonewall um, Inn pub was a, a cornerstone of where protest happened for the queer community at that time. And, but more globally, it is more inclusive to say um, the gay liberation movement or um, so the gay and lesbian liber liberation movement, and it was reclaimed to embrace everyone who was a part of that gay, lesbian, trans, any intersex, anyone under that umbrella who was fighting, uh, was fighting against violent and systematic oppression towards the queer community at that time. So, um, and it wasn't used by all people during the gay liberation movement. So because of its troublesome history and probably the, the trauma that came with for those communities at that time around the use of it. And it was also reclaimed during the activism that happened during the HIV AIDS activism because it was used, there was terms thrown around about HIV being and AIDS being the gay disease or the queer disease, or all of this, and as we know now, and what they should have known at the time, or they did know at the time, but there was mass different disinformation around HIV and AIDS, that it doesn't just affect um, gay men, it affected lesbians, it affected straight people, it affected everyone in all walks of life. Yes, gay men are disappointed, disapp um, were, were, are among the highest were disappointed. Yes, gay men do have the highest rate of contracting it, 
but it does affect everyone, whether you're straight, gay, bi, lesbian, etc., etc. So the term queer was used, reclaimed, like in the gay liberation movement, as a unitary term to unite against and create correct information around HIV and AIDS during the 80s and 90s, which was genuinely continuing on the work of the gay liberation movement from the 1970s, but also it had a real-world event to centre around that term. Like, and as we know now and from last year and into 2021, that disinformation, disinformation around... Um, viruses kills because people don't know what to do and it's it creates chaos and so it was used as a self-identifier term that was often used on banners for those for those groups in that activism era in the 80s and 90s to create yeah to create correct information around hiv and aids so now Today in 2021, and for the last few years, and it's reclaiming now because it kind of, after the 90s when the activism kind of died out, it kind of lost any, it's kind of faded out and it was kind of, as terms come and go and language changes over time, it was used less after the 90s in the queer community. But in the last five years or so, there's been a reclamation again. So people talk about it being the third wave of um, queer re um, reclamation. And it is now used today as a more inclusive term. Yes, it was at the time, but it was more exclusive to that because there was disinformation around it. Yeah, so it is now used. The term, the term queer today is used to describe anyone's own sexuality and gender in a broader way that doesn't want, need, or have to specify in a specific label. So, yeah, so whether you're straight, gay, bi, lesbian, trans, male, female, um, everyone's allowed to use it if you identify as a part of the LGBTQIA plus community. So, and it's a blanket term that includes everyone, and it's it's easier than listing out the alphabet that you, 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 you type out. So queer's a nice shorthand instead of saying LGBTQIA+, and that alphabet does tend to extend, which the plus is very useful because it extends, in, it, it includes any that you might miss in that alphabet. The term queer is a good blanket term that can include it all. And so today it's got its new O that affects us today. Um, but you do have generations, especially in the older queer community, um, that that term has trauma for those people. And even some people today who are Gen Z or millennials may not choose to use it because they might have their own history with it because it, it, it it's a term that causes trauma for many people, even though it's got a more inclusive term now. And it is changing and you do hear it more and more being used so it there is rules around the term that you need to follow to be more inclusive in the community and so yeah so when you're talking there's a i've got 
I when and when and when not to use it is a very good thing people need to know because um you need to be very specific about how you use it because there's a very big difference to if you refer to your friend who happens to be a part of the queer community there's a very big difference to referring them as a queer and and they are queer like if you refer to someone as a queer that is a slur because you're making them being queer everything that's about them but if you refer to them as he is queer she is queer they are queer the term there's a it, it that just means that they are who they are they just happen to be so and you're not being derogatory in any which way you're just stating the fact but so you need to be very clear that you don't use you don't refer to your friends as are queer you refer to them as they are queer so or whatever pronouns they use so it's a very loaded term and and how you relay it changes its meaning in different ways so but there's a very good table that I, I, I haven't been able there's a okay, I've got a very good shorthand guide on how to use the term other than the specificity between R and R. Um, so I've got a table that I, I've been trying to find a really good table as a shorthand to relate to you guys and I found one on the ending HIV site that it's a really good table go have a look at it there's a whole article that is a really good handy guide that I've kind of summarized here today but they have a good table at the bottom and it's kind of a yes no with arrows going to where and the three end options are no stop it or find out or yes go for it and so it starts with lots of questions and those are the end things but the first question is if you're talking about your own identity go ahead use it if you want to identify as queer and if you categorize in anywhere in those that community go for it it's your identity you own it simple but if it's not talking about your own identity there's a whole subset of questions so if you're taught if you're using it in a derogatory way that is bringing down others no you don't use that term because that's not okay you shouldn't be derogatizing people regardless um so don't use it but if you're not using it in a derogatory way and it's not about your own identity does the person you're talking about if you're if you're talking about a specific person do you use that term or not if that person you're talking about doesn't use that term and they do not like the word queer and they they may have many reasons they could be traumatized by it or they just don't like the term and that is valid too they don't have to have trauma with the word to not like the term that is absolutely fine do not use it that person does not like the word term do not use it specifically i would recommend don't use it around any older especially any older people in the um, rainbow community do not use it because you're more likely to have people who won't like it in those age groups and so maybe use terms like rainbow or lgbtqia plus or use what they specifically identify as if it's gay lesbian trans whatever etc etc so 
actually avoid it if you're talking about an older person unless they identify with it and they have reclaimed. If you don't know if they identify as, as queer and you, you're going to use the term, just ask them because there's no harm in asking if they're okay with the term queer because communication is always valid. And if the person you are talking about identifies as queer, go ahead and use it because actually the person you're talking about doesn't identify as queer, you're not using it in a derogatory way, go ahead and use it. They identify as queer, you can use it. Um, so, um, yeah, so genuinely, much like... Much like many other derogatory terms that have been reclaimed in history, like the N-word, for example, which I am not going to say what it is, um, because I am not an African-American, so I am not going to use that term. That is only for African-Americans to use, if they choose to use it, because it has trauma, fit any, has trauma and generations of abuse used towards it, like the term queer, but the term queer is very different. Um, And it's got its own meanings and it has been reclaimed. And it is a term that can be used by non-queer people, depending on the circumstances. Unlike the F word, that is not the common F word, but the F word, not the common F word, but the N word is more closely resembled to, let me, yeah, yeah. sorry, let me rephrase that. The N word and its meanings and why it can't be used by non-African American communities is more similar to the term, the F word, that isn't the commonly used F word, it's the F word that is used to derogatory against the queer community. Because queer is its own beast, it's its own form of reclamation, but the F word that is used to derogatize um, the queer community, that is a term that everyone should stay away from especially straight people and cisgendered people. That is not a term that should be touched like the N-word for the African-American community. So if you, so to summarize, if you're going to use the term queer, make sure you know the circumstances, whether the people you're talking about is okay with it, and just kind of, and now that you know the history of it, it's a loaded term, and now just kind of stay away from it, and if you're not sure, don't use it. So... And if you want to find out and you do think it's an easier term to use, ask the people around you because everyone has their own experiences with it. And yeah, so after the song break, so that's my wee little lecture thing around the term queer. So after the song break, I'll be talking about the whole Afghanistan craziness that's going on. So stay tuned and yeah. We'll be right back after this song. Blackpink. Cardi. Tell me where you wanna go. I'll meet you with my bags at the door. I'm gonna make it go blind. Every time I walk, my hips just don't lie. Take me to your paradise, cause I don't wanna wait anymore. I say it one more time. Every time I walk, my hips just don't lie. You wanna touch, wanna touch, of course you wanna. You wanna run with my love, I know you wanna. From the club to the top, you said you wanna. Give me a no. I bet you wanna, 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 I bet you
something about me's taking you higher Drive me crazy. Cardi a good catch, but you gotta chase me. Grab my waistline, but don't ever waste me. Turn on, please me, but don't ever play me. One of a kind, you can't replace me. Time to shine, I buzz down the AP. The stakes is higher. Let's do what we both desire. On God, like I'm in the choir. I bet you if you make me sweat, I still be on fire. You wanna touch, wanna touch it, cause you wanna, you wanna run You wanna, from the club to the tub, you said you wanna give me an on I hug, I bet you wanna, I bet Taking you high
this is yours Tripping on sky, sipping waterfalls My youth, my youth is yours Run away now forever My youth, my youth is yours The truth so loud you can't ignore My youth, my youth, my youth, my youth is yours Kia ora, and welcome back to Operation Rakatahi with Leo. So, if you're just joining me, um, I was just talking about the history and the use of the term queer and when and when not to use the term because it's had its long history and we should. I've had many discussions with people, and I thought actually it'd be a good time to set um, some sort of educational thing out and it was a good platform to do it on so i'm happy i did it so um i'm moving into my second topic yeah it's a double topic um operation rakatahi special so yeah but the first the second topic isn't going to be as enlightening it's going to be it will be still educational but it will be very poignant in a very different way so you know it's gonna be yeah so i'm gonna be talking about the fall of afghanistan and the chaos ensuing around that because it's we're living in a really interesting time where probably the biggest thing going on in the world right now has been sidelined because of our local lockdown which is really sad and it happens all the time we've got such a whitewashed media which i continually to criticize when i'm covering or even reading not even just covering it on the show i end up reading news articles and get angry with our media because it's such a whitewash and it really we only get what's important to us so and it's like you know and i always use the comparison oh it was like the end of the world when the Capitol building in the US got taken over and Trump was threatening not to leave and it was just like well Samoa was going through a very similar thing earlier this year where their president actually didn't leave and it took months for him to be ousted after he got voted out and no one was covering it and actually that more directly affected New Zealand because yeah You've, if you want to listen to more about my opinion on that, go back and listen to our show on the um, Youthoid app. But, you know, we've got such a whitewash media and we only get to see what's the most important. And this is where I was, like I said at the start of the show, I was really impressed with Jacinda Ardern that she took time out of her press, uh, uh, press release um, live stream about the whole lockdown stuff to give an update on Afghanistan. And and what was going on with the New Zealand troops, which was great because it actually there was a little bit of conversation there, but it immediately got sidelined as soon as the it got opened up for all the journalists for questioning. So it is really disappointing to me that 
everything you see is just about this lockdown that's going on and you're not seeing anything else. Yeah, you see a little bit about Afghanistan, but in comparison, it's nothing. And it's the biggest thing going on in the world for like the last, I don't know, since COVID started. Like it's the biggest thing to happen to the world. One of, there's been many crazier things. That's a blanket statement. I shouldn't do blanket statements like that. But <laughs> without, yeah, but it is, as of right now, I would say it is the biggest news story this week. Um, that's probably a more, uh, less debatable blanket statement I can make. But, you know, our media is just not reflecting the gravity and the seriousness of the situation. And it really disappoints me that um, no one talks about these sorts of things because the world is a mess and we should talk about these things. And this is why I use this platform. It's why I continue to use this platform because it's not just an outlet for me to talk about it. It's also an educational platform for all of you guys listening at home. Like, it's not just about me. It's actually... I need to bring these serious topics and talk about them here on the air. And so, yeah, so starting off with what actually happened is the Taliban have re-seized, which is a militant group that was active in the late, that had control of Afghanistan between 1996 and 2001. They got, they were removed from power once the US invaded Afghanistan in 2001 after the 9-11 attacks because Al-Qaeda and Taliban group, militant groups were active in Afghanistan and they pretty much got forced out by the US within a couple of, within a couple of weeks. So that's a little bit of background. And if you want to know more about the 9-11 and the Afghanistan invasion of 2001, go back and research because I'll be talking about 2021 today, but I've given you a brief overview. But if you want to know more about that, go and look it up because there is a lot to look into and I'll address bits and pieces of it throughout, but I've only got about 20 minutes. So I'll make this nice and a sweet little package of information for you to digest and you guys can go and do some research about the background because yeah so the Taliban has seized power again in Afghanistan two weeks before the US was set to complete its troop withdrawal after a two-decade war. The insurgents stormed across the country capturing all of the large cities within a few days and the Afghanistan security forces and equipped by the US and its allies melted away so like as soon as the allied powers or like the the US and its allied powers were pretty much weak and most people were moving out anyway that's when they chose to attack and so it's created and this is not great for um the indigenous and local populations of Afghanistan and yeah so what is happening they uh, sorry I just need to regather my thoughts so they've blitzed across the country and no one knows how many people have died how many people are injured because there's not enough information of, of that, but um, Af uh, the Afghanistan's, the Afghans 
fearing for their life in their future, have all raced to the military and commercial airports. Um, and it's considered one of the last routes out of the country um, to escape the Taliban and what that might entail, because there, it's recent memory for most people of what was happening between 1996 and 2001, because um, they're worried that the country would descend into chaos like it did in 1996 when the Taliban first had control and carry out and worried it would carry out attacks on the people. Um, many also fear that the Taliban would reimpose harsh interpretations of Islamic law that were first used back in 1996 and ended in 2001. Back in 1996, women were barred from attending school or working outside of the home. They had to wear all the all-encompassing burqa and there was no negotiations about that. So, like, which is, like, I don't have a problem with someone wearing a burqa, but when you get forced to and you're not allowed to not wear it, because people can wear it for religious purposes, that's absolutely fine, but being forced into wearing something that you shouldn't is not okay. And also, that's such a, it is so segregational between men and women to do that. So that is why it's so, uh, segregational between men and women around attending school and working outside the home. That is such an outdated mode. Even in 1996, that was considered an outdated mode. Like, And so no one wants to go back to that because it is recent memory for most people. Like, most people who are, like, even considered young to middle-aged-ish, even elderly people, they know what it was like during those five years. And the chaos around that, and they've just, they've been in a massive war for the last 20 years between the US and the the Taliban, and it's been blimmin' chaotic, and it already, it felt like everything was, it almost seemed as though everything was settling down, because the US were pulling out, there wasn't as much chaos in the last few years, and they were, and most countries were pulling out their soldiers, and that all most of these allied countries had announced their removal, like New Zealand. And New Zealand had only had a few left, and Jacinda Ardern said they are currently in. They can, they got out, and they're currently on. They're currently in Dubai, and they've escaped, and they're going to be on a flight back to New Zealand and be in managed isolation quarantine for two weeks. So that's our troops. I can't tell you about all, I don't have enough time to talk about all of these allied troops and what's been going on there, because that's not the main focus of this, but that's the update on the New Zealand troops and how it relates to New Zealand. Um, also, during the 1996 Taliban reign, um, women also had to be accompanied by a male relative whenever they were outside. And the Taliban banned music, cut off the hands of thieves, yes, just thieving, even if it was a small thing at the dairy, they'd cut off your hands, like, and they stoned adulterers, which, it is so authoritarian and so subjugational, that that is just chaotic, so the Taliban in 2021 sought to present themselves as a moderate force in the last few years, since taking over, they have promised to respect women's rights, forgive those 
who fought against them and prevent Afghanistan from being used as a base for terror attacks, but many Afghans are skeptical of these promises. Yeah, any politician, you, you, yeah, any politician or any um, militant group, you should be wary of. Like, even if it's your own military and your own governments, if you're in a stable, you should still have a grain of salt around that because, and also of a group that is created terror for gener for the last couple of generations and people still have living memory of these things is flimmin i don't know it is just and they should be worried and yeah so the capital of afghanistan is kabul and its airport has been the center of escaping because it's one of the last ways out and thousands and thousands of Afghans have rushed to the Kabul airport in the midst of a US and allied escape from the country. Some were so desperate they clung to the side of military jets as it took off. And many plunged to their deaths. Um, and the US troops used helicopters to disperse the crowds and fired warning shots in the air. And U.S. officials have confirmed at least seven, at this point, and as as far as they know, at least seven people, possibly more people, died in the chaos at the airport. So, like, that is just, to know that the local people are that desperate to get out is to put their own lives in danger even just to get out and knowing it might not work is that is terrifying and i've never lived in a in a country and many of you guys lots of you guys listening out there would know this too you, you've all lived in a in terms of world chaos a sheltered environment which is new zealand and never lived in a country that's been in war or imposing takeover so like it is scary to think that this is going on on the other side of the world which is weird that i don't it's really sad that no one is talking about this because we should be addressing our privilege here in new zealand of living in a highly democratic and one of the one of the most highly regarded countries in regards to civil rights yes we're not perfect it, no country is perfect but we live in a really privileged, sheltered environment in terms of, in comparison to lots of the world. Like, especially if you compare it to Afghanistan. And the fact that we ignore parts of the world in this sort of way in our day-to-day -day lives is really sad because we all live on the same planet and we're all the same species. And it's really sad to hear what's going on. Back in 2001, when the American troops invaded Afghanistan, they managed to oust the Taliban in a matter of months after the five-year dictatorship rule um, and, and tried to root out al-Qaeda, which is not as active as it used to be, but it was one of the major militant groups through Eastern Asia through to the Middle East. Um, Western Asia through to the Middle East and um, 
And since then, the Taliban has managed to regroup in recent years over much of the Afghanistan countryside and neighbouring countries and has been able to rebuild and they've only taken back control now. Um, last year, the then US President Donald Trump announced the US's plan to pull out um, of Afghanistan and the deal that limited US control over the Taliban and the which would the last of the troops were planned to leave by the end of August 2021. So, and that's a, about a week and a half away. So like, and I think this got, it almost got rushed and most people are leaving faster than planned because they're taking over now. Like, yeah. And the question is, why did the U.S. like the U the Afghan security forces collapse because they've got their own government that they've had since two thousand and one and it's supported by the U.S. It's supported by NATO, but it to it, it essentially got taken down because essentially corruption was a major player in that and it was messy. So. The U.S. and its NATO's allies spent billions of dollars over the last couple of um, decades to train and equip the Afghan security forces, but the Western Pact government was rife with corruption. Its commanders exaggerated the number of soldiers um, to siphon off resources and the troops in the field and often lacked ammunition, supplies or even food. Um, the moral and the integrity of the government was slowly, essentially, losing its credibility amongst the Afghan people, and it became clear when, and it and it became even more clear when the U.S. was on the way out, and integrity and support from the Afghan people was losing momentum, like it had in the last few, couple of decades. And it kind of created a power void that was almost the perfect storm of events for the Taliban to come and sweep through because most of the, the US was slowly moving out. There's been only a few. There are only a couple of weeks off the last of them leaving. And there isn't, there's probably the lowest number they've had since the invasion. And you're, it just meant that they can. Um, arrive in a time that is really fitting for them and in their favour. So it's created this really messy moment that's even the president, President Asharav Gahani, who's, I, I don't know if I pronounced that right, but he has ended up fleeing Afghanistan as the Taliban moved in and on and he left on Sunday, and he had chosen to to leave in order to avoid further bloodshed, and it, no one knows where he is, or at least it's not clear. So you've got, that just shows how, it's how messy the situation is over there, and how, yeah, it is, honestly a crazy time there and we should be talking about this because 
the world is a mess and we need to be talking about this and honestly it is really sad to hear what is going on in Afghanistan because it kind of felt like they were probably in a really good as much as they had a corrupt government warfare had kind of died down in recent years to the point that the US was able to leave and leave Afghanistan self-sufficient which was I think a really good move because no one should live in the middle of a war and grow up in a war and especially since the last 20 years like this war's been going on longer a year longer than I've been alive that's how crazy it is for the world to be in this state and for Afghanistan to be in the state and the world to be participatory in that and especially most of the western world New Zealand included and along yes yeah, so yeah so the Taliban so now what is kind of on the cards for Afghanistan in the next few years people are so scared that would have 1996 repeat itself in 2021 but the Taliban has been throwing around all these promises around an inclusive Islamic government with other factions and they're holding negotiations with politicians including leaders of the former government and they've pledged to enforce Islamic law but encouraged women to join their government and say we'll provide and secure an environment that will create us an environment so we they can return to normal life after decades of war um so it is not great that they may it shows how much credibility those statements have when you've got people fleeing and scared for their lives and putting their lives in danger in order to leave and some people dying in order to leave even though they're throwing around these promises but no one is believing them which is really sad that yeah and it's really a sad time for Afghanistan especially for women in Afghanistan because this was a group that paraded terror over Afghanistan and to women specifically like uh, it's it's honestly a crazy time and we should send out I don't know how much help it can do but sending just thinking them about it and we should all just address our privilege living in a solid secure country in this day and age because actually the world like it is in Afghanistan is case enough to know this is chaos and we should be free from this sort of thing and we need to address our privilege in the world in this and actually New Zealand has had a really big part and also that New Zealand soldiers were able to get out is a good thing because it means they got home safe like or well, they're on their way home safe but we should still think about the chaos that's around this and address our privilege in the world so thank you guys for tuning in this week for operation rakatahi um and if you've just joined us now you just missed the double theme special operation rakatahi and i started the show talking about the origins and the use of the term queer and but and then in the second half of the show i've been talking about 
the fall of Afghanistan in the last few weeks. So I've got a very social and educational one, and I've got more of a political current event going on. So you've got a balance, and it's a double special. And so if you've just joined us, go and listen to the podcast, because this has been a really great show. First one recorded virtually, and I have actually kind of enjoyed it. It's just been me in my room talking to my mic on my own time. So, but I still prefer being in the studio, of course. Like, don't get me wrong. But, yeah, so if anything in the show has uh, struck a chord with you in any way, we also include this in every show, regardless of whether it hits a chord or not. Um, so contact 1737 for support from a trained counsellor. Um, download the Uzone app on Google Play or the Apple App Store to listen to the podcasts. If you missed any podcasts recently, go and listen to them. Got exclusive content on there too. Just give us a support and make sure you mask up if you leave the house. Stay in your bubbles and... Remember the two-meter social distancing, blah, 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 blah. If you're eligible for a vaccine or you've been called up for a vaccine, go and take it. And don't spread disinformation because disinformation kills. And we're living in a, it's a very different beast, the Delta variant. And we shouldn't be playing chicken with COVID. It's not great. So do your part. Join the team of 5 million and look out for your communities. But still set day two metres apart while looking out for them. So I hope you guys stay healthy um, and happy to the best you can be in this time because we're living in a crazy time where we thought we were out, out, of, the, out of the woods with COVID here in New Zealand. But no, we can't be negligent with our um, time with COVID because you never know it's created chaos and ruined plans for everyone and we're all in the same boat so look out for everyone and yeah so kakiti anō bye We are living in a time where our future is uncertain, which means youth voice is as important as ever. Kia ora, join me, Leo, on Operation Rakatahi on ORFM's Youth Zone, 105.4 FM, 1575 AM, or online at oar.org.nz, or download the Youth Zone app on Google Play or the Apple App Store. I'm on the air every second Tuesday at 4pm. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.